All our praises, you deserve all our worship. We thank you that you, the Almighty God, the Creator of the heavens and the earth, you condescended to our level and raised us up with you. Thank you, Lord, for this graciousness. Thank you for your mercy. Father, we come to worship before you today, to partake of your word today. We ask today that, Lord, open us up, O God. Grant us understanding. Let this word mix with faith in our hearts and provide and produce intended results, O God, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before we sit, please bring out your Bibles. We'll take our formation together. Hallelujah. This is my Bible. It is God's inerrant and unchanging word. It is my most valuable earthly possession. A lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. A high sword in my heart that I might not sin against God. The Bible is God talking to me personally. I therefore listen to it carefully and obey it fully. And I internalize it in my life by doing these four things. Know it in my head by diligent study. Store it in my heart by memorization and meditation. Show it in my life by obeying its teachings. And sow it in my world by being a witness hereafter. I will never be the same. Never, never, never. In the name of Jesus, for his honor and glory, both now and forevermore. Amen. God bless you. Please, as you take your seat, let me welcome the brother and sister seated next to you. Amen. Hallelujah. You're all welcome again in Jesus' name. By the grace of God, uh, this Sunday we are starting a completely new series. I've entitled God's Blessing. The blessing, it is beyond breakthroughs. It is beyond miracles. God's original design for us is not that we live by miracles or we live by breakthroughs. There's a design of God for us. Our day-to-day living as God's children must be lived by and through faith. The Bible says that he that cometh to God must know, must know that he is a diligent reward, or he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. But before then he said, without faith it is impossible to please God. So our lives are not designed to be dependent on miracles or on breakthroughs. They have their places. But our day-to-day living, let us get into the word of God and see what the Bible has to say about it. Amen. I'm taking my text this morning from Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. Proverbs 10, 22. Please let us all open there. Proverbs chapter 10. Proverbs chapter 10. Glory be to God. 
Let's read together verse 22, everybody. Verse 22. Can we read it again? One, two, go. The blessing of the Lord. Amen. The blessing of the Lord. That's a definite article. The blessing is a definite article. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. What does it produce? It maketh rich. The rich is not the blessing. The manifestation of the blessing is not the blessing. Praise the Lord. And it adds no sorrow with it. Praise the Lord. The baker's evangelical dictionary of biblical theology is a dictionary for Bible words, defines the blessing as thus. And I want you to please note this definition of the blessing. He said, one, the blessing is an endowment. It's an endowment. What's an endowment? Endowment is a gift. An endowment is an imparted ability. An endowment is an imparted quality. An endowment is skill received. It is something that makes a permanent, perpetual provision for a person or an institution. Whether you are conscious of it or not, the blessing is always working. That is the nature of the blessing. It's an endowment. An endowment or power for prosperity and success. You don't need to struggle about it. Every endowment has a characteristic for self-perpetuation. Praise the Lord. It can always reproduce itself. He said it's a sign or a release of God's favor to make somebody prosperous or successful at whatever he or she engages in. The third thing that he says is that he said it is a blessing. The blessing is that which ensures a desired or favorable outcome. You are blessed when you see that where people or you yourself are least likely expected to succeed in the course of it, just doing your normal thing, you have not gone out of the way to do anything out of the ordinary. What others have done and probably failed. You got there, just tried your stuff, and it works. It is not about what you did. It's not even about what the outcome is. It is the fact that you carry the blessing. Imagine the blessing like a coat you wear. It's not an outside wearing. It's something that is put on you. That is why the Bible says the blessing of the Lord, the blessing of the Lord, the blessing of the Lord. The blessing is different from the results of the blessing. The blessing might not be obvious. It might not be evident. Joseph was at the slave market, but Joseph carried the blessing. He appeared like any other slave, but Joseph was different. I'm sure if they saw the armor of blessing that he carried, their value, the owner of Joseph, most likely, the, the, those Mesopotamian uh, traders would not have sold Joseph for any price because he was a blessing or he carried the blessing 
an endowment that will continually ensure a successful or the desired outcome. Are you following me? The blessing of the Lord, it make it rich. The blessing ensured a successful or a desired outcome. No matter how tough it is, you appear on the scene. What was not working begins to work. What is actually at work is not your skill, is not your connection, is not your know-how. It is the blessing that is working. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. And so it will be wrong for you to see the result of the blessing and say it is because I work, I labor, I know. No, it's the blessing. So what all of us must therefore go for is the blessing. Let's look into scripture. I said here, number one, physical possessions such as house, car, child, money, etc. are not the blessings, but the result of the blessings in action. I read from Genesis 25. I'll read the first six verses there and verse 11. Genesis 25. He said, Then again, Abraham took a wife. Her name was Keturah. And she bore him Zimran and Dokshan and Medan and Midian and Ishbak and Shua and Joshan begat Sheba and Dedan. And the sons of Dedan were Ashrim, Lutrishim, and so on. Verse 4. And the sons of Midian were listed there. He says, all these were the children of Keturah. Verse 5. Watch it closely. And Abraham gave all he had unto Isaac. And Abraham gave all he had unto Isaac. Verse 5. And Abraham gave all he had unto Isaac. Where did he get? Look up. The next verse we're going to read. Hear what it says. But unto the sons of the concubines, which Abraham had, Abraham gave gifts and sent them away from his son, from Isaac his son, while he yet lived, eastward unto the east country. Verse 11. And it came to pass, after the death of Abraham, that God blessed his son Isaac, and Isaac dwelt by the well Laharoi. Amen. Verse 5 says, He gave all he had unto Isaac. And then the other sons he had, I think about seven of them, the Bible says he gave gifts unto them. If he gave all he had to Isaac, where did he have gifts to give to these ones? The gifts are physical items. But all he had was not physical. Abraham had the call of God upon his life. Abraham had the covenant of God upon his life. It was that covenant that was bestowed on Isaac. The rest of the physical things he had, he distributed to the other sons and sent them off. The blessing is different from the product of the blessing. You should always choose the blessing instead of the products. Because the blessing has the power 
to always reproduce itself at any particular point in time. Look at when Isaac was going to die. He called out to his son, Esau, and told him, go and get me venison so that I will eat and my heart will be merry and I will bless you. The blessing is a transfer. It's not to give him the physical things. It was to be conveyed by the words of his mouth. I'm sure that was how the father conveyed all he had unto Isaac. Because Jacob himself, when he was going to die also, called his sons together and blessed them. How did he bless them? He spoke words to them. An endowment out of the rich resources of the blessing him, like he divested himself and then put it on his sons. Such that even his first, the grandchildren that Joseph had, by the words of the pronunciation of his mouth, part of the blessing was that somebody who was not even qualified to be named a tribe in Israel was lifted from the level of a grandson. You can imagine how old Reuben was at that time. For somebody like Ephraim to be lifted on the same pedestal of being called the son of Jacob like Reuben had been called. Somebody that was the son of another. Why? By the pronouncement of the word. It is the blessing. The blessing has the power to bring one from nothing into a place where he can never walk for. Such is the power of the blessing. When Isaac inherited everything the father had, all he had, that's what the Bible says. What did he work for there? He had not worked for anything. The father divested, transferred the covenant to him, and he became the beneficiary of that covenant. So that when God came around to renew, it was a covenant. Where is a covenant? Where is the blessing? That is what God was looking for. Please follow me. Amen. The next thing I want you to notice is that the blessing is the empowerment to function or achieve objectives or acquire whatever is due to somebody to ensure a desirable outcome, to ensure a favorable outcome. Everybody can be failing for 40 days and 40 nights. Goliath terrorized the people of Israel. But when somebody that carried the blessing got there, it made an entire difference. It was in a normal course of event. The Bible says when David got there, the man came out. The blessing at times attracts trouble. But it is the trouble that amplifies the place of the blessing in the life of the blessed. When David saw him, suddenly something welled up within him. Age to age, he was not in the same category with uh, Goliath. In terms of physical stature, they were far apart. In terms of his experience in warfare, as at that time, it's not recorded that David had been to war before. But this man, according to the testimony of King Saul, was a seasoned warrior. And here David was challenging him. What was it that was motivating David to challenge that situation? It was the blessing. The blessing ensures a desirable, the desirable outcome, no matter what 
will happen. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. Praise the Lord. Now, in Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 to 28. These are very popular uh, scriptures that I'm sure we're acquainted with. I'll read. It says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. God blessed them. There was an empowerment for success released upon them. And God said, be fruitful. The dimensions of the blessing. And multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea. Over the birds of the air. And over every living thing that moves on the earth. The blessing when it comes. It can start small. But it has the ability of overtaking. Now let's look at the elements. The dimensions of the blessing that God released upon man here. There are four of them. One. God said be fruitful. Be fruitful. Be fruitful. There is something inside man that God was addressing. God was unlocking something that was in the inside of the man he has created. That tells you and I today that nobody is born without something in him to make him or her a blessed person. It is identifying and activating that thing. God activated by the words of his mouth. If that thing is going to be activated, it is by what? The words of the mouth. That is why you meditate on the word and you speak the word. If that thing is going to be killed, deactivated, it is also by words. That is why people speak of curses, spells, axes, and so on. They speak into that same thing, that active side. That is to receive the power to be activated so that you can become fruitful. They speak to it and it dies. Or it enters into sleep. Or is quieting. Or is darkened. But thanks be to God. For the power of the word of God. For the born again child of God. That God has endowed with the blessing of himself. Such that no weapon fashioned against you can prosper. Every tongue that rises against you in judgment. What do you do? How do you condemn them? The words of your mouth. And that is why you must understand this. It says be fruitful. Multiply. Replenish. Subdue the earth. That is the process of taking over at any time. Briefly, we are going to look at them one by one. What does fruitfulness imply? I noted here. I said, fruitfulness is akin to productivity. You speak into that element in demand, in the situation, in the nation. You speak to that element, and it is that element that causes or releases the ability to produce something. The ability to produce something of exchangeable value. That is fruitfulness. There is a seed in you. There is a gift in you. 
There's a talent in you. There's a skill that God has brought, put inside you. When God was to create the other things, he spoke to the earth. He spoke to it. God released the blessing to the situation on ground. And things he spoke began to manifest. The words of your mouth are extremely important in determining the release and to the extent of the release of God or of the blessing of God into your life. So the ability to produce something of exchangeable value, something that somebody will say, wow, I have this pen. Will you be willing to give me, I, I like this microphone you have. You produced it. You say, yes. Okay, I have this one. Will you give me this mic for this pen? He said, okay, uh, if you can give me 10 of your pen, I will give you this mic. I have produced something that value is being exchanged. What makes that possible is a blessing. Look at David, for example. Look at Joseph, for example. There was something in him. Joseph, when he was in his father's house, he was a very good household manager. That was one. Joseph had the ability to interpret dreams which were not even, was not even valued by people around them. In fact, as a result of that, they began to persecute him. When Joseph entered into the house of Pharaoh, where an environment had been made for the same situation, he just started, I'm sure, of course, he wasn't being paid for it. It was a voluntary thing. He began to walk. He began to walk. And whatever he did, there was an empowerment release that even if it was not going to succeed before, but because Joseph is involved, it will succeed. That is a blessing. What about David? It is a blessing. It's on record that he never lost any war. Was it the strongest? No. But simply because the blessing was at work in his life. The ability to produce something that another will be interested in and will be willing to give value. Not just to produce that thing once. Fruitfulness. It's not just once. Fruitfulness is your ability to produce it abundantly. To produce what you can produce, what you are producing abundantly. Something that somebody is interested in. You are able to produce as many quantities that are required. The third element of being fruitful is that whatever you are producing, you are efficient at doing it. What is efficiency? Getting it right the first time. Getting it right most of the time. Taking time to do it well. That is why companies have quality control in their production processes. Manufacturing companies. Praise the Lord. Now, quickly. From the Bible, there are five references I'd like to point us to in Scripture that speaks about fruitfulness. Remember, it might just be fruitfulness we'll stop this morning, but it's a journey we're going. So I encourage you, don't miss any part of this journey. Get the CDs, go back, listen to them. Because there are certain things you think you have heard now. You need to be, it needs to be reinforced in you. Praise the Lord. So there are five reference scriptures to fruitfulness or being fruitful or fruit that I want to bring our attention to. Number one, Psalm 127 verse 3. It says, Behold, children are the heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb 
is a reward. The first line of fruitfulness that as God has given to every human being, according to scripture, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever, is your ability to produce children. It is the gift of God. It is the word of God. God has released it upon you. If it's not been activated, when it should be activated, speak the word of God to it. God called out the earth, the dry ground, from the marsh of the earth by the words of his mouth. I want you to address that situation in your life by the word of God. Speak the word of God to it. Call it what it is. It's going to respond to that word. So the first level is a level of fruitfulness of the womb, which is the bearing of children. The next level of scripture in fruitfulness that I want to draw attention to this morning is found in Jeremiah chapter 6 verse 19. It speaks, it says, Hear, O earth, behold, I will certainly bring calamity on these people. The fruit of their thoughts, the fruit of their thoughts, Jeremiah chapter 6 verse 19, the fruit of their thoughts, because they have not heeded my words, nor my law, but rejected it. Beloved of God, your thinking. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. The fruit of your thought speaks of the fruit of your mind. And what is the fruit of your mind? Your ideas. Somebody once said, ideas rule the world. But ideas come from somewhere. Ideas are a product of a fruitful mind. There is no creation that comes into being without initially being conceived. The level of conception is a level of ideas being released upon the life. So there's fruitfulness of the womb, there's fruitfulness of the mind, of the mind. If your mind is fruitful, the next level of fruitfulness will come naturally of its own. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 20 to 21. It says, A man's stomach shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips, it shall be filled. He says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Your words, you are fruitful from your body, you are fruitful on your mind. The next level in scripture is the fruitfulness of the words of your mouth. Words are powerful. Words are creative. Words are destructive. What are you speaking concerning your life? Concerning your situation, concerning your career, the work you are doing, the lives of your children. What are you speaking? Beloved of God, your mouth cannot utter what has not entered into your mind. So you see, it's extremely important. And in order for you to be fruitful in the mind, there are two things that God has given the New Testament believer. One is the power of meditation in the word of God. And two, the power of speaking in tongues. Because fruitfulness in the mind, not just ideas, but you begin to see. God takes you into the realms of visions and dreams in which concepts are released to you in your dreams. Concepts are released to you in your thoughts. Concepts are released to you in your visions. You just come to know. How did you know? You can't explain it. It is part of the fruitfulness of the mind. You are fruitful in the body, you are fruitful in the mind, 
and then you are fruitful with your mouth. And let me tell you, you are the greatest prophet of your life. Do you want to see your life move forward? Do you want to see your life succeed? Begin to bear fruit with the words of your mouth. And let me quickly rush the other ones. Fruitfulness, of course, if your mouth is fruitful, your hands naturally will be fruitful. One, the Bible says, while you are waiting for what you think you should do, you believe you are an engineer, while you are waiting for being and becoming an engineer, the Bible says, whatever your hands finds to do, do what? Do it with what? All your heart. There is a connection of the heart and the mouth and your hands. He says this in Proverbs chapter 31, verse 32, 31. He says, charm is deceitful. Please bring the communion. Beauty is passing. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her, let her own works praise her at the gate. Beloved, all these things are connected. They are connected. They are connected. If your mind is not fruitful, your mouth will not be fruitful. If your mouth is not fruitful, it will affect the quality of the product of your hands. And lastly, in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 23, it speaks of the fruit of the Spirit, which is love. And I believe that that is the fruit of the regenerated human spirit, your character, the fruit of your spirit, your character. It's extremely important that we note these dimensions. But it all this begins, or the, the central point that we must all pay attention to is the fruitfulness of our minds. How does my mind, because it appears that the fruitfulness of the mind is at the fulcrum of everything. If I am going to be fruitful in my mind, then I must encourage the ministry of the Holy Spirit in my life. If I'm going to be fruitful in my, in my mind, then I must speak the words of God from my mouth. If I don't read, if I don't hear, if I don't do the word, the word of God can never be retained in my, in my heart. And if it's not retained in my heart, my mind is fallow, is empty. And the Bible says I should break up my fallow ground. And one of the ways to do it, get into the word of God. Begin to say to yourself, read it and say to yourself, say to your hearing, say to your hearing, say to your hearing. When you do that, you're even saying it is the process of meditation that has started. You begin to say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. The Lord God Almighty is my portion in the land of the living. I have the wisdom of the ancient. Because the spirit of God is in me. You begin to declare this. You begin to declare this. Jesus said you are the light. I stand as the light. God called the light to shine out of darkness. And that light has shone forth. Therefore in my life, light be made manifest. You begin to speak this. You begin to speak this. As you speak, you are meditating on it. As you speak, you are releasing it. And then you add the time of prayer particularly praying in tongues. The power of the Holy Spirit in your life as a born-again child of God, New Testament believer, cannot be overemphasized. And these things must work in your life. We'll stop there today. We'll continue next week. I want you to bow your head where you are. Lord, I am a candidate for the blessing. I am your child. I am your child. I am your child. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 says, I have been blessed with all the spiritual blessings. 
have been blessed. I am accepted in the beloved. Therefore, the blessings begin to manifest in my life. Talk to God right now. Talk to God. Please talk to God. Make up your mind. I will meditate on the word. I will speak the word. I will pray in tongues. If you are here, you are not born again. You want to give your life to Jesus. I'd love to pray with you. If you are here in church, you have not given your life to Jesus, can you just lift up your hands? Because these are provisions that God has made for his children. Be a child of God so that you can enjoy these things. Amen. Praise the Lord. Talk to God right now. For those of us that want to be Christians, just pray this prayer after me. Father God, I thank you for Jesus, for sending him to die for me. For sending him to die for me. I believe he died for my sins. He was raised for my justification. I come before you, precious God. And I ask today in the name of Jesus that you forgive me my sins. I confess Jesus as Lord of my life. Accept me as your child today. In the name of Jesus. If you pray that prayer, please wait behind to see Pastor Fidelis after the service, a pastor in front of us right now. If you pray it at home or wherever you're watching, there are some numbers that are being scrolled at this time. I want to encourage you, call any of the numbers. Somebody will be there to talk with you. The rest of us, we are entering to the communion now. Part of, open your eyes, part of the communion, you access the wisdom of God. You access the flow of God's grace and help upon your life. As you partake in this communion today, I want you to talk to God. Talk to God. Collect it. Talk to God. Reverend Mojo will come and take us through the process. 